airport really, really good. You're going to leave here today uh, more informed and wise than when you came in. So uh, it's, it's going to be a good, a good message today. I want you to open your Bibles to uh, Psalm 119. And verse 165, if you don't know Psalm 119, it is, it is the longest chapter in the entire Bible. And it's right just about the center of the Bible. So if you have your Bible and, and it's closed and you kind of look about what is half and you open it, you're going to land pretty close to Psalm 119. And uh, we encourage you to uh, read your Bible. And if you haven't started, I got yesterday morning i got up a little early yesterday about five o'clock and as i was eating some breakfast i was picking up my email and got an email that just thrilled my heart and uh, just a thanks for the <coughs> this is a quote gentle encouragement all right uh to read your bible and uh that it was just making a uh, they grew up in a christian home in fact uh, the person's uh that wrote was uh grew up in a pastor's home and said I've been reading my Bible all my life you kind of in a devotional way and uh, just had never occurred to them to just read it all the way through and so they've started on that and they were just remarking uh, how rich and good it has been for them and I encourage you as well to uh, to read your Bible um, because it, it has a direct bearing of what we're talking about today and I want to I want to talk about the the whole subject and and idea of avoiding offense. How many would like to have less conflict in your life? I'm just curious. Okay, a good share of us. The rest of you just battle it out. That's okay. But um, but you know if you are interested in less conflict in your life. Take some notes, uh, open your Bible, underline some things, connect the dots today because I think it would be hugely important. And this verse that I've selected is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. Now I have favorite passages and I have favorite verses. This is one of my favorite verses of all time. Psalm 119, 165. And it says, you have your Bible open, I think they're going to project it. Now this is in the King James Version, which I, which I especially like the way it's rendered. Uh, in the King James Version, it says, great peace. I want you to say it out loud with me. Would you just repeat that on three? We'll, we'll say one, two, three, and say great peace, okay? One, two, three. Great peace. Wouldn't you love to have great peace hmm? in your life, in a personal way? Great peace have they which love thy law. What, what law are we talking about here? We're talking about the word of God, okay? So great peace have they which love the word of God. And here's, here's the, the upshot of all of this. And nothing shall offend them. Is that too good to be true? Is it worth reading your Bible for? Mm -hmm -hmm. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You know, we can live a life unoffendably. And uh, I know that seems pretty impossible. And Jesus said it's, it's impossible that offenses should not come. That we are going to encounter offense. And uh, why is that? It, you know, inside the church, outside the church, we're going to encounter offense. Um, I think, uh, you know, we, we would love the opportunity to 
live in less conflict. And, and that's one of the blessings, I think, that, that God would have for us, is that we live life in an unoffendable way. And I, I know that's difficult, but the Word of God will, will help us. You know, <clears throat> I've, I've said this many times in the last three years, is that we are, we are living in the age of offense. And I'm talking outside of the church, I'm talking inside of the church. It's just the spirit of this age to be offended. Everybody's angry, everybody's offended, and, uh, and it's, it seems really difficult for us to, uh, to navigate that successfully. But in our theme for 2023, to live above and beyond, what, what are we talking about? What, what are we, what's the idea behind that theme? Is that we can live above the spirit of this present age. Is that because of what we have in the word of God, if we will access it, we can be equipped and empowered to live above what is happening in the world around us. Live above in a way we don't get involved in the same kinds of offenses and conflicts and difficulties that uh, the Word of God will preserve us from. You know, we will, even in the church at times, have opportunity for offense. And why is that? Because we are, we are broken people, every single one of us. You know, some people don't attend church because they realize that. They realize that, hey, I'm a broken person. They'll say, well, you know, I can't go to church yet because, you know, I've, I've got to clean up my act uh, before I come to church. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's what church is about. You know, it's like when you get sick, you don't say, well, I can't go to the hospital because I'm sick. When I get well, I'm going to go to the hospital. Okay? That's kind of the same same sort of logic that some people have about church. It's like, well, you know, I, I, you know I'm kind of a, a mess, and once I get myself kind of cleaned up, then I'll go to church. No, this is where God works on us right here. How many are broken and messy people? I am. Jillian, put your hand, don't, don't look at me, okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we're broken and we're messy at times, and sometimes we even find offense in the house of God. And I think that God wants to, to help us with this. Uh, in his word, he puts resources there for us uh, that we can navigate this life better. Hosea, I think it's Hosea 6.8. I'd have to double check that. Uh, his lament is, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And, and I think that is unfortunately the case for us sometimes is that we if we had the right knowledge we could avoid certain things that are destructive in our lives and the knowledge is there for us it's in the word of God but sometimes we refuse to access it to, that we refuse to to read it and and save ourselves uh, from being destroyed. And uh, the subject that we're, we're talking about today, which is avoiding offense, sometimes we are destroyed by things like offense because we don't access the Word of God. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And, and certainly that is something that we can address and that we can fix. Um, you know, we, uh, we think, oh, you know, the church is, you know, full of offense or broken or, you know, people are mad at each other. Well, that has always existed. Uh, next Sunday, when we celebrate the Lord's, Sap uh, the Lord's Supper, the, the communion, 
we will probably read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And uh, we read from the, the latter part of that chapter, which, you know, Paul's the familiar passage, you know, for I received from the Lord that which I also uh, delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And, and then we, we participate in the communion together. Well, the context for that, we don't often read because it's kind of unpleasant. It's kind of messy. And uh, there was a lot of division in the Corinthian church. And there was a lot of uh, things that were going on that, that weren't right. In fact, you know, why, why Paul instructs in the Lord's Supper there is that they would come together. And, and uh, you know, the, the grand old church potluck. And uh, some people would eat so much that other people wouldn't get anything. And some people would drink so much that they would get drunk. And uh, the others had nothing. And, and Paul is just rebuking the Corinthian church for their insensitivity to each other. And in 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen, it says, First of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. So Paul delivers this rebuke to the Corinthian church over the Lord's Supper. And, uh, and so there was division. There was, you know, problems even in the first century church. It's always, why? Because there's, there's broken people. There, there are people there that aren't perfected yet, like you and I in this room today. And, uh, and, and so we have always dealt with that. And of course, the, the antidote to that is the word of God. You know, if, if we could get 100% participation, everybody reading the word of God on a regular basis, problems and troubles would diminish. Why? Because my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So the inverse would be true. As we gain knowledge, we will also find life. And, uh, and that's God's desire for us. Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, verses 23 through 25. We're going to read this in just a moment here. But uh, this, this is very, very important for us, okay? If we're going to avoid offense, if we are going to live in less conflict in our lives, we need to understand what's at stake here. This is a, a spiritual issue. This is something that uh, is, is not just, you know, life and this, we just deal with it. No, God wants us to overcome this. He wants us to live above and beyond the way the world navigates the same kinds of things. So Paul writes to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23 is where we're beginning here. He, he tells us this is just practical information. Avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. How many have ever gotten caught up in a foolish and ignorant dispute? Okay? It happens. It just sucks us in. We, we are unaware of what's happening, and pretty soon we are embroiled in conflict. And Paul says, don't do that. Don't, don't do stupid stuff. All right? Don't get involved in stupid stuff. And you know what? Conflict and offense is stupid stuff. All right? He says, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing they generate strife. Okay? That's why we, we just walk away from that. We, we just refuse to uh, embrace that. A servant of the Lord, speaking to us in the room here today, 
must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. There's so much we could unpack here just in this, in this passage that we're reading right now. So that they would know the truth. Why are my people destroyed? Because they have a lack of what? Knowledge. And, and, and Paul is saying this here. And yet if we will avail ourselves to the word of God, we would know the truth. And truth leads to life. And, and, uh, and so Paul is, is in this instruction, in this prayer, is praying for those who are in opposition, those who are caught up in offense, those who are caught up in uh, conflict, that they would find repentance from that and that they would know the truth. And here is the punchline to this passage. This is so important for us. I hope that you write it down. I hope that you make it, uh, 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 underline it in your Bible. It says, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Think about that. The snare of the devil, what is that? What is the snare of the devil? Well, a little bit of understanding here, that, that word snare uh, refers to a trap, but it refers to the, um, the essential part of the trap that attracts uh, the unwary to be captured in the trap. And that is what the snare is referring to. It's a Greek word called scandalon. What do you think is the root word or the words that come from that root word? Scandal on and what? Scandal, yes. Scandal, offense, uh, all of those things, you know, that push our buttons, that make us mad, that, that uh, makes our blood boil. That's the scandal on. That is the bait of the trap. There's a story, I've heard missionaries tell it, uh, I've told it in church, you, you probably already know the illustration of how to catch a monkey, right? How do you catch a monkey? Well, it's a pretty simple process, I understand, I've never caught one, but uh, we're told that if you get a jug with a very narrow opening, uh, just big enough for a monkey's hand to slip through, and in that jug you place some some delicacy that they like and uh, put it in the jug that, and tie the jug to a tree or some post or something where they can't run off, um, is that eventually they'll, they'll find that jug and being curious, they'll, they'll investigate it and smell that food uh, that you've placed in the jug and they will slip their hand in that very narrow opening and grab the bait. And the problem is they don't want to let go of the bait, right? That's a little morsel, it's a little food, that's the treat that they want. And it unfortunately doesn't allow them to withdraw their hand from the jug. And uh, because of that, you can approach them and they will not let go of the, the bait and you can capture them and then, you know, I guess put them in a cage or whatever you're going to do with the monkey. So, um, but you, you know, you and I are are about that smart when it comes to offense, okay? 
is that we are attracted by it. You know, who has not been approached by someone and said, did you know? And we're like, all ears, tell me. <laughs> and they tell us this, this offense, and we, and we embrace it. And then, as, as Timothy's in, or Paul is instructing Timothy here, he says that they've been taken captive by him, who's him, Satan, to do his, who's his, Satan, to do his will. Would it horrify you to find out that you are doing the will of Satan? Would, would that disturb you? And yet when we are practicing offense, when we are repeating offense, when we are sharing offense, when we are embracing offense, we are doing the will of Satan. Some of you said amen. The rest of us said what? Ouch, right? Yeah, why? You know, because we've all done it. We're offended. We're angry. And boy, we can't wait to rehearse that to someone else. And, uh, you know, as we rehearse it, we're feeling it again. We're feeling the same feelings, the same intensity. I know people that have been offended for 20 years, and every time they talk about their offense, it's like it happened the hour before they told it. It just is this hot fire burning inside, doing damage, destroying. And so what can we do? What can we do to avoid offense? Offense is going to happen. It, it would behoove us to be prepared uh, the next offense in our life to avoid it. You know, um, we, uh, it's, it's been said that Satan does not have very many tricks, okay? He's just got a few. He's just got a handful. But the ones that he knows, the ones that he uses, he uses very effectively. And offense is one of the plays that he makes for your life, for your faith. And, you know, because people get offended in church, and what's the first thing they do? They stop going to church. Well, I'm offended. I'm offended at the grocery store, but I still go. Yeah, we think that somehow, well, I'm offended, and uh, that justifies everything. And again, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So how can we do this? Well, number one, Avoid foolish and ignorant disputes knowing they generate this strife. Avoid foolish stuff. Don't participate in stupid stuff. And if somebody is sharing offense with you, that is stupid stuff. Don't do it. Is that clear? Did you get the nuance of that? Should I bring in some Greek or Hebrew about that? No. If, if, the, if the content is about offense, stay out of it. There's so many things that factor getting into strife with others. And here's just three things that will help us. Um, and, and this first one may seem too practical, um, but it's a spiritual issue. Okay? How do we keep out of strife? Well, one, one, 
one of the first things we can do is have a Snickers bar, okay? You ever been hangry? You ever, because you're hangry, say something or do something you wouldn't have done? So it's okay to keep a Snickers bar available, right? You've seen the commercial, right? You know, somebody's angry and, and uh, aggressive and all that. They hand them a Snickers bar and they just turn into the nicest person ever. Um, you know, let me express it another way. Make sure that we are well-rested. It is easier to get offended when you are not well-rested. It is easier to get offended when we're tired. Have you ever said anything you regret when you've been tired? You ever regret anything you've done when you're tired? Um, rest doesn't seem like a very spiritual subject, but it's actually very, very spiritual. God made the heavens and the earth, right? And on the seventh day, he did what? He rested. It's a spiritual issue. And we need to practice rest in our own lives. When we run around and we're harried and we're all caught up and we, you know, we can't sleep because our minds won't shut off and we're rehearsing things and replaying things in our mind and, and it disturbs our rest, we're setting our, ourselves up for failure. Get good rest. That's a spiritual principle. That may seem too, too uh, uh, practical, but, but that is a, uh, an important issue in our own lives. Be in control of your schedule. You know, go to bed, get some rest, go to sleep, and uh, eat well. Um, this probably sounds a little more Bible than get a snicker bar. Um, is that we should... Uh, love one another, okay? First uh, Peter chapter 4 in verse 8 says this, and above all things, now, now what does that mean, above all things? Uh, what is above all things? Above all things, what, what's that? That's priority one, right? If there's anything else, this is above that, okay? So above all things. Sounds like kind of above and beyond. That's a really great thought and above all things have love one for another for love will cover a multitude of sins not just have love for one another i left out an important word have fervent love one for another because love will cover a multitude of sins you know especially when our children are uh, small we uh you know we just love them holding little rami joy today love rami joy love all my grandkids and you know they can do things to me that if you did them to me i would be offended at you but i'm not offended at them right um sometimes my grandchildren bypass me and go straight to mimi like I'm not even there, like I'm chopped liver. They don't even notice me. They don't even say, hi, Papa. They just go straight to Mimi. Guess what? I'm not offended. You know why? Because I love them. <laughs> because I love them. And, and when we have fervent love one for another, it covers a multitude of sins. 
It doesn't matter. We don't keep score with those things. To love one another. John, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 34, 35 says, A new commandment I give to you. And this is speaking to the church. That you love one another as I have loved you. How has Jesus loved us? Have you ever done anything offensive to Jesus? Maybe. Have you lied or cheated or stolen something or broken a promise or whatever? Have you ever done any of those kind of things? The list is long. And does he stop loving us because of that? No. He still loves us. So love one another as I have loved you. The pattern. This is the pattern. This is how I love you. In an unconditional way. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Developing that kind of love and not carrying around this sort of openness to being offended. And, uh, you know, we can all have an off day. We can all have a, have a bad day. And, uh, you know, we just need people to love us and to understand at times. Don't take it personal. Don't keep score. Don't allow it to get under our skin. Don't allow it to hurt our feelings. And then a third thought when it comes to avoiding offense. Avoid foolish and, and ignorant things. Hold your tongue if it's not patient and kind. Have you ever wanted to reel in something that you've said? Like it comes out of your mouth and you want to pull that back in and it's too late, it's impossible. It's been said, it's out there. You know, the Holy Spirit can, can keep check on our mouth. You know, it's like I guess the the uh, current application of this is, have you ever sent a text you didn't want to send, you know, later? A, a text that you regretted sending later? Yeah, if it's, not, if it's not patient, if it's not kind, if it isn't uplifting, don't say it. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6, so, so important for us here. Let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one yeah and sometimes that's just keeping your mouth shut too sometimes it's just don't say it number two um we talked about you know avoid ignorant and foolish disputes because they turn into strife, they turn into conflict. My second thought here is, um, how do we avoid conflict? And, and this is for real, is read your Bible, okay? Read your Bible. I think it's impossible to live as a Christian if you do not read your Bible. Now, you may, you may be a good person, not disputing that, but if you don't read your Bible, I don't know how you can operate as a Christian. Life is complex. We face a lot of complex things in life. 
How do we navigate this? Well, I tell you where every answer to every problem, if you can't think of a problem in this life that the Bible doesn't answer for us. Okay? But it's not going to find us. We have to find it. And, and so reading your Bible is not just about making Pastor Brown happy that you're reading your Bible. Why am I happy that you read your Bible? Because it, it imparts knowledge. And why are my people destroyed? Because they have lack of knowledge. So it's, it is the answer that meets a need. Reading our Bible. Um, like I said, you, you can be a good person. I'm not saying that you're a bad person if you don't read your Bible. You can be a whatever standard that is, being a good person. You can have lots of friends, but if you don't know the instruction book, living as a Christian is really not possible. We'll simply put man-made solutions in place instead of the Word of God. And we'll continue to do things from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, things we think are good that end up being evil, instead of putting the truth and the word, the law of God in place, which will result in the tree of life. So if we want to flourish spiritually, if we want to reduce the amount of conflict in our life, if we want to be less offended, where we start, Psalm 119, verse 165, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing will offend them. Your, your life begins, you know, that's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I have favorite verses, I have favorite passages. I'm going to read you just half of my favorite passage in the Bible, and that's Psalm 1. And it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now, notice a pattern here. Notice a pattern. I like to point this out in Psalm 1. Psalm 1.1. Blessed is the man who does not walk. Do you see the motion there? Okay, walking. Walks in the path of, of the ungodly. And then what is he doing next? Nor stands in the uh, path of sinners. And what's the, what's the last picture there? nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Do you, do you see the downward progression of this? You're walking, you're standing, you're sitting. And it just puts an end to your progression of faith uh, in, in Christ. So, we don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. We don't stand in the path of sinners. We don't sit in the seat of the scornful. You know, the offense but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. You want to be unoffendable. You want to have great peace. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. The blessed man meditates in his <coughs> law day and night. And then the result, verse 3, and he shall be like a tree, Planted by the rivers of water, which brings forth his fruit in a season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. You want to live that life, examine 
where you're walking, where you're standing, where you're sitting. Is that we can remove ourselves and we want the blessing of God. We want the favor of God on us. The blessed man is in his law day and night. Nothing says I love the law of God than reading your Bible daily. Right? Nothing says that better than opening the word and just living in it. And so, you know, we, we can just avoid whenever, you know, offense shows up, people want to download on us. We can avoid that. We can, we can love. It will cover a multitude of sins. We can just stay out of that offense place. And then we can read our Bibles and learn to love the law of God. You know, I got a um, really great uh, email uh, yesterday morning. Did I already share this? I, sh I can't remember. I said it in the, in the 9 o'clock service. I did in the 9 o'clock, but not here yet. Okay. Um, and I got up at 5, got up a little bit early yesterday, got up at 5, checked my email. And uh, somebody had written and just said, hey, thank you. Thank you for uh, encouraging, gently encouraging us uh, to read our Bibles. And uh, they'd grown up in a Christian home uh, and uh, had always read the Bible devotionally, just little pieces here and there, but never had read the whole Bible. And they took that on as something that they wanted to do this year, and it had already produced this incredible sense of, of God speaking to them. It was deeper, it was richer than they had remembered, you know, reading the Bible in recent years. And that's, and that's where, you know, we hit pay dirt, is when the Bible, it's not just reading the Bible, but it speaks back to us. And that's where that knowledge uh, is imparted to us, and, and we can uh, benefit uh, because of that. Now, um, so avoid stupid stuff, avoid offenses, just walk away from it. Uh, number two, read your Bible. Here's number three for us, okay? And, and if you have been asleep up to this point, or if you've fallen asleep, uh, turn the switch back on, okay? This is the most important part of the message here today, all right? Um, and uh, I, I want you to get this down. So uh, take some notes. Uh, I want you to walk away with this. This will help so many uh, for us to get this. And, and, and the, the point of this is do not embrace other people's offenses okay don't do it am i clear am i clear on this point <laughs> do not embrace other people's offenses um, we do it all the time and you know our lives are complicated enough our lives are full of enough drama that comes on its own we do not need to then in addition to that add other people's offenses to our own, okay? Um, it, it is not something we do out of loyalty to friends. The, your best friend ever is offended and they want to come and download that on you and expect you to embrace it as your own offense. Don't do it, okay? Uh, is absolutely the snare of the devil to do that. And, and we absolutely don't need 
to get into other people's offenses. Um, you know, like I said, we don't do it out of loyalty to a friendship. We don't do it because we don't like the same person, you know. Maybe they've offended us in the past. Your friend is offended. They tell you about that person you don't like. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, now I feel justified. They did that to me too. And let's, let's just uh, be offended together over this. Um, we, we are, we're so fragile emotionally, you know. We, we need that vindication. We need that justification. We, we just, we're so insecure about all of these things. And so, you know, it, it just feels like, okay, we've been vindicated in this. Somebody else is offended, and I'm offended, and we're just going to share our offense together. You know, it's our, it's our nature to uh, share our offenses with others and, and to self-justify. You know, if I can call you on the phone and say, do you know what somebody did to me today? And, uh, you know, we're like, oh, do tell. Um, and we get a, a earload of that, and all of a sudden we are offended because they are offended, and they didn't do anything to us. That is the will of the devil. I hope that just shocks us, okay? Because that's, that's so much our, our human nature, you know, and, and we go putting people on our sides, you know. I'm going to tell them about this bad thing somebody did to me so that you will think of them as a bad person too, and you're on my side. Let me... Let me just say, there, there are no sides. Have I said that before? There are no sides. There's only one side to belong on, and that is Jesus' side. Can you imagine Jesus listening to you rehearse your offense? And Jesus, oh, tell me more. <laughs> what? They did what? They said what? Oh, Jesus is on your side. I mean, can you, does that make no sense at all? then why do we do it? Why do we participate in it? We just, we perpetuate the will of Satan when we do these things. But we think somehow if I have more people on my side than they have on their side, that we win because we have more people. Wicked. That is wicked and it is wrong. And uh, it causes us to cut people off that have never offended us. We just carry this bad opinion of them because somebody shared their offense and I was dumb enough to embrace it. If there's anything more destructive inside the house of God, I don't, I don't know what it is. Sides, factions, cliques, they're all from the enemy and we should not participate in them. A few years ago, uh, someone that I, that I loved very much came to me with an offense from somebody else that I loved very much. They had offended them, and I loved both of those people. And they came to me, and they rehearsed all of this, and uh, kind of the implication was, is that, are you on my side or are you on their side? And I just said, hey, I, I need to clear something here. I said, your offense between you and, and this other person may be legit. They may have hurt your feelings. They may have done something that deeply offended you. I'm not minimizing that. But they didn't do it to me. That is between you 
and them, and that's where it needs to be worked out. Okay? I love you, and I love you. And you guys work this out, but we're all, I'm still going to be friends because I love all of you. But I'm not going to embrace this offense. It's not mine. And, and I needlessly complicate my life and the relationship of others that I love if I do so. So don't do it. You know that's an option? And I would encourage you, when people come to you and it's all about their offense with somebody, don't receive it. Say, you know what? I love you. I will pray with you. I will pray that you are no longer offended. I pray that you will be healed. I pray that your relationship with that person will be fixed, that it will be healed. Let's pray right now. And I'm going to love you, and I'm going to love them, and we're just going to pray that God fixes what is broken. So this, as I said, is one of the most important things of what I had to say today is that do not embrace other people's sins. It's 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 22. It's, it's a key piece of information in the whole subject of offense. Uh, he tells Timothy, pa uh, Paul writes Timothy, is do not lay hands on anyone hastily. In other words, you know, people that you aren't acquainted with, don't, don't endorse them just right away. Get to know them and understand what their values are and what their motives are and if they love Jesus and all of those things. So don't just embrace them, you know, immediately, but again, you know, uh, get to know who they are. So, so don't lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sin. Now, if we're offended and we don't go to Jesus with it immediately, we, we, we remain in sin over it. And, and we then try to share it and make it other people's offense and sin. And, and Paul is telling Timothy, don't share in other people's sin. Don't stay out of it. You don't need to go there. Keep yourself pure. And there's so many inside and outside of the church that are so impure because we're so full of offense. Sometimes not even our own. Sometimes it's other people's offense. And, and I would just encourage us today, just don't go there. Allow God to bring healing to our heart, healing to a hurt relationship. We're not minimizing you know, things go bad. You know, could be a, it could be a marriage. It could be between coworkers. It could be another family member, you know, extended family member, all these things. It could be somebody you go to church with. And all that does is destroy and weaken the church if we don't deal with it. And so, or, or we start embracing it with others. So I, I would just strongly, strongly encourage you to spare yourself all of that which is unnecessary. Live in wisdom. Live in wisdom. And don't just be manipulated with emotions.
okay? I'm going to ask our worship team to come and to be ready to close out our service this morning, the final song. And uh, for the rest of us, would you stand together? I want to I just pray uh, today. Now, I just have to admit this one thing today. This, and I'm going to admit it in front of you, okay? This is a great sermon, okay? This is a great sermon. You might even want to spend a whole dollar and get the CD, okay? <laughs> or you get it free on Facebook if you want. Um, but this is transformative. This isn't just informational. This is transformative. It can change your life from one that's full of conflict and anger to great peace. Have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Heavenly Father, I just pray over this congregation today. Lord, we need healing. We need your healing. Lord, where we have old or current or new conflict in our lives through offense. Lord, we just turn to repentance to you. Help us, Lord, to love one another as you have loved us. Lord, we have certainly done offensive things to you, but yet you you love us, and your love covers a multitude of our sin. Help us to live that out. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to navigate this life more successfully. Lord, unfortunately, too often, even inside the church, we look and act the same way as the world does and carry our offenses around and share them freely with those who will receive them. But Lord, help us to live a different way. Help us to live in a, a life that is from the tree of life. Lord, that we don't encumber ourselves, get bogged down with offense and anger. And Lord, doing the devil's will. So Father, help us. Lord, we thank you for your house. We thank you for the church. It's a place, it's a hospital where broken people can be mended. And Lord, heal us spiritually, I pray. Lord, let this not just be information, but let it be transformation in our lives. Change us. Help us to operate differently. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.